0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: A couple other tidbits I want to know if they touched on. I think I read this in, in various different reports. Number one, Nate Davis, is he going to be sticking at right guard and Tevin Jenkins perhaps could begin at left guard if that's indeed the way they plan to go. And secondly, I know Luke Getzey wasn't there necessarily, but somewhere in one of the reports, I think I saw a reference to the Bears using more two tight incest to take advantage yeah. of Colt Komet and Robert Tanyan.
2: And Matt Eberflew spoke pretty... Um excitedly on Tuesday morning about the combination of, of, of Bobby Tunyon, as he called him, and Cole Komet, and what they can do, to, <laughs> love what, that. What, what they can do together. Bobby and Bobby and Cole will get, will get their uh, band going there. And they think that there's some complementary skills between those two guys. So, so keep an eye on what Luke is able to um kind of utilize, with those two guys together and and, and how that will work. Uh, what was the other part of your question? Because I know there was something notable. Tevin Jenkins at left oh, yeah. guard. yeah, yeah. Thank than you for right bringing that guard. up because Ryan Poles was pretty emphatic on Monday at saying Tevin Jenkins currently right now today would slot in at left guard. Nate Davis would be your right guard. Cody Whitehair would bump into center. But everything with this offensive line is very fluid. And the Bears are going to get through the draft and they're going to see what they get done in the draft and then you're going to determine do we want to keep Braxton Jones at, at left tackle or do we want to bump him over to right? Is he comfortable enough playing right that you know we could use him there or what do we got to do to, to kind of, to fill in this line with Tevin Jenkins, there was an acknowledgement by Ryan that obviously the durability and dependability piece is something that they track, something that they keep their eye on that Tevin's going to have to earn a role and then retain a role because obviously you, you and I have said it on the podcast, 34 games over two seasons in the league. He's played 11 games where he's uh, been on the field for more than 50% of the offensive snaps. Ryan Poles isn't blind to that. He didn't pick him. He didn't trade up to get him a couple years ago. He knows that he just needs difference makers on his offensive line. And Tevin Jenkins is going to have to earn everything he gets right now. That's going to be at left guard. But if they ask him to take on a backups role or if they they, there's been no discussion about trying him again at tackle, um, they are they're going to push him to to prove that he belongs as part of their their puzzle on the offensive line. And that's going to get um, shaken up here on draft weekend because you and I both expect them to draft at least one offensive lineman and hopefully they have multiple guys that they're introducing at house all on the last week of April. It's impossible to guess a month before
1: the draft, but this week, Brad Biggs, our colleague had, Uh, Roderick Jones as the guy mocked to the Bears at number nine. We've talked about Paris Johnson Jr. I have been imprisoned by that moment. I love that pro day. He looks like a guy that would be plug and play. And then there are those who are clinging to the Peter Skronsky dream and the local guy made good. And Ryan Poles talked about how local guys starting for the Bears is a good idea because of the culture. You have three tackles that could be plug and play. You're getting any sense if there's any leaning in either direction.
2: No sense. No sense. And we're going to have to let that play out. Ryan Poles did talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the, the significance of arm length and, and the idea that you have to look into that. Ryan Poles is an offensive line himself. He knows what the importance is and what that can do uh, as a tool in your toolbox. And so it like they're going to go through this evaluation process. They feel really, really uh, strongly about the work they got done on their, you know, visits to the pro days in 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 the last couple weeks they obviously have top 30 pre-draft visits coming up here in the coming weeks to further their evaluations on everybody uh they'll be prepared come draft weekend but i have no sense of of which direction they're leaning right now
1: last couple things so dante foreman is somebody who is coming off a strong second half of the season with carolina did you get any sense of how he's being, you know, is he number one, RB1? Is he going to be the backup? Is it shared with Khalil Herbert? And how might his role be affected by if they draft a running back? Are they looking for a starter in the middle of the draft?
2: So this is one of those conversations where you got to kind of read between the lines and kind of pick apart the words a little bit because there is an expression that they want their backfield tandem to be very similar to what Montgomery and Herbert were a year ago. And they, you know, they're looking for somebody that can hit some, some breakaway runs. They're looking for the hard runner that can get the tough yards and push piles and, and break tackles. And they want a combination of that. Now you got to figure out, is it is Khalil Herbert's job safe? Is Deontay Foreman's job safe? Do they draft a the guy in April and then make those guys compete for a role, which is what good teams do, right? You don't just say, ah, we've got a guy. So let's just settle there. If you find somebody that can push it a little bit, then go get them and, and bring in the competition and see if you can upgrade there. I did find it notable that both Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles expressed I would call it disappointment that David Montgomery didn't wind up back in the locker room at House Hall. They felt like they made him um, a pretty good offer. They felt like they were pretty clear in their communications. And, and Ryan Poles' words were, players have a choice too. And it sounded like David Montgomery just uh, made the decision to, 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 to move on. And uh, as Ryan Poles noted, he decided to move on within the division. And we all know how David Montgomery runs. You would expect the two times that the Lions are on the Bears' schedule that an angrier, feistier, more motivated David Montgomery will be on the football field. And that it's hard to imagine because that dude is angry, feisty, and motivated at all times.
1: I found that very interesting because it sounded like the way that it was presented, David Montgomery chose the lions over the bears. And this, and the offers were very similar. So in that context, speaking of the lions, good segue curious, I know it's unrelated to the <laughs> bears, but in all the Lamar Jackson chatter, look, the lions have two first round draft picks. They've got a team that is now the trendy pick in the NFC North. If, if, Aaron Rodgers goes to New York if the Vikings continue to dismantle. Is there any talk, rumors, innuendo, whatever the case may be, that the Lions would be in on Lamar
2: Jackson? If there is, it's not loud enough for me to hear it over the the birds uh, chirping from this, this palm tree here. You know, I mean, I, like there's going to be Lamar Jackson um, speculation and rumor and everything that swirls around until that situation is resolved and it obviously continues to to drag out and do so in a very dramatic fashion. Um, I sense that the Lions feel really, really strongly about what they got out of Jared Goff last season and are are confident to ride that out a little bit and see where it takes them. Who knows what they'll do in the draft? Who knows kind of what their long-term vision is? But I will say this that the, the vibe that you get talking to people both who cover the Lions and who are around the league is that there's definite reason to be um, impressed by where the Lions are headed and, and if you're the Bears, concerned about <laughs> their positioning to potentially seize this opening that, that, that opens up with uh, Aaron Rodgers out of the division and, and the, the Vikings likely taking a small step back and it's like, well, damn, is it the Detroit Lions who are positioned now to with a young core of talented playmaking guys on both sides of the ball to, to put their claws in this division and make life hell on you for a little while? And so that's a really interesting storyline. Obviously, it'll play out on the field in the fall of 2023, but there is no shortage of, of uh, sort of encouraged feelings about the Lions around the league.